Friends beyond the binary. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster who's so basic. Not only may I take your might I take your picture and frame it, but I don't even know if I already used that as a like a teaser. And on top of that, I don't even know if it'll come uh, before. Like if I recorded it before, I said, "Did I say that to myself in the car?" Because I said, "Wait a second, that's me." Uh, like uh, except for the the dating part, I don't have any. Like I say, I take a picture and I frame it, uh, and it's not a movie star or someone like. Uh, so, oh boy, I'm pre. I'm I'm not even that. Here's the thing: I'm not even that basic. Uh, I'm so basic, I ain't basic, just like all of us. You could get, it is like a, one of those scales, I think, a, a spectrum of basicness. I'm so far basic, I'm not basic anymore. Put that on a pillow, but it's but, but also put on a pillow. Yo, it's time for you to start a podcast. It's time for sleep with me. If you're confused, this is a podcast to put you to sleep. What? Uh, so stick around and it'll get even more confusing. Uh, thank you for making me my basicness. Pop, pop, yeah, patrons. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, 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 welcome. It's Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you or sends you to sleep we do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. And I'll do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a, a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts you're thinking about, thoughts on your mind, feelings, uh, feelings related to those thoughts about, or, you know, about feelings or thoughts about the past, the present, the future, feelings that are just there, uh, changes in your routine or time or temperature. Uh, whatever it is, whatever is keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that and uh, keep you company so that you could fall asleep. And the way I propose to do it is to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up. And then I'm going to go and uh, misspeak, then I'll go backwards. I'll say, wait a second, what? Uh, and I'll say, I couldn't remember. So that's what it means. It's like, I said, what? And then I, I said, what was I saying? So if you're new, stick around because the things will probably get even more confusing. But I'm, I'm right now I'm going to try to give you all the information if you're new. Uh I already got mixed up. I I forgot. So I'm going to send my, did I say that? I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones and pointless meanders. I think I did. I'm sorry. Uh, here's what, I'll be perfectly honest with you of what just happened. Cause that's the kind of relationship I'm looking to maintain with those of you that are regular listeners or those of you that, uh, like, uh, that are new talk like this is how i build trust is by losing it or by I, I build the trust so i can lose it but in this case i may have lost well i'll maintain our trust right so i can't stop listening so there's a there's a, a book called station 11 it got made into a, a, a series called station 11 
and a big fan. I haven't finished it when I'm recording this. I still have two more episodes left, but episode seven, by the way, if, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's never, it's, uh, I mean, I re I'm rereading the book now at bedtime, but it might not be bedtime material for everybody, but it, it has, so episode three is absolutely, uh, in my opinion, masterpiece. And, uh, but I, well, I only watched it once, but I feel like it is. And, uh, then there's a lot of other good episodes. And then episode seven, I also it was found incredible. And it's kind of like, it takes place during the holidays or, uh, Christmas, I think. Not sure about New Year's. Uh, but so there's this one character named Frank. And at some point, Frank starts, uh, 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 dropping rhymes. I mean, uh, like, well, he's standing, he stands up to, to drop the rhymes. And I find it, I, 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 it like, uh, you know, sometimes when you're w watching stuff that's not a sleep podcast, uh, you, you, you know, the joy comes out even in non-joyous situations. The joy can't be contained. And sometimes the joy, like cause stuff that grows out between the cracks and concrete, I would say. and it was just this poignant, joyous moment for, for or, or that I related to. And for some reason, in the middle of making a podcast intro, I had shared it. And I said, that is so poignant to me. I got to pin it to my profile. So that's what happened there. Like, uh, And that's the kind of stuff that happens at bedtime. Probably isn't best for bedtime or during a sleep podcast, but it offered me an opportunity to be clear uh about uh my i don't know it just got a lot out of that moment so much so that it's so much so so much so that it distracted me from my job here but by admitting that it gives me a chance to do my job which that is a pointless meander kind of a superfluous tangent i wouldn't say totally superfluous because it relates to everything but i also didn't want to move forward and act like it didn't happen because, uh, like, we just got, like, four or five minutes of lulls out of it. Also, I want to encourage, if you get a chance to check it out, you, you might you might get something out of it. Or you say, why is, Sco is Scoots talking about that again? So, okay, so if you're new, though, I'm so glad you're here. And if you're a regular listener, I'm so glad you're here. But uh, um, what was my point? Uh, trees and multiforms? I didn't say that at the beginning either. Okay, so my point is, like, uh, oh, I'm glad you're here because the reason I make the show is to help. Uh, the reason I make the show is to help uh, keep you company, take your mind off stuff in the deep, dark night. But if you're new, you, there's also a lot of confusing stuff, kind of like you've just heard, but even more so. So I want to kind of give you some, like, some basics to help you through the show. Starting with the fact that for most regular listeners, it takes two or three tries just to get used to the show. Because it's so different. So I'm glad you're here. Uh, but give it a few tries. That's what like hundreds of thousands of people at least have said to me. You know, at first I didn't like it or I didn't understand what was happening. And you were referring to pop culture references that I didn't, you know, that I found or I wasn't sure what you were referring to. Like, is that a place you gas up your car, Station Eleven? And I'd say it's a place I gas up my spirit, man, uh, for, for real. Uh, but, uh, so, okay. So if you're new, let me get, let me, let me slow down even more 
And uh, so if you're new, first thing to know, I'm glad you're here for two. The most important reasons are I know how it feels in the deep, dark night. I know how it feels to toss and turn, to wake up early, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, other stuff keeping me awake, uh, anticipation, past, you know, whatever the reverse of anticipation is. Uh, I don't like all those words. How come anticipation is not, there's no word for the past, uh, memories, I guess, uh, Who's saying that? Was that Barbara that's saying it about memories? Like the way, I guess that would be the way I'd put it. Anticipation or memories to the way we were. Though my mind never puts it that way. How come my mind never talks to me in the voice of uh, Barbara or anybody like that? I don't know. I know people are saying, Scoot says not who sang that song. And I'd say, okay, well, that's who's singing it in my mind right now, luckily. Nothing in my mind though is crystal water of whatever she says, uh, like my memory of the lyrics. So, oh, so I know how it feels in the deep, dark night. That's one of the reasons I want to help. I know how it really feels right there for me in the center of my chest going down. I know how it feels emotionally. I know how it feels, uh, and a lot of other listeners do. It's lonely. It can be frustrating. It can be something you dread going to bed. So that's one of the reasons I'm here to help. The more important reason is you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you could rest to get comfortable, to get to get ready for bed and drift off. And if I can provide that for you, that's the greatest honor I could ever have. Because one, I know how it feels, but two, if you get the rest you need, your life's going to be more manageable. And that means the world we live in will be a better place to be in, right? So that's why it's so important to me. And that's the most important thing you'll hear on the this show. Like after that, it's all, it's not downhill. It's kind of like a barely downhill. So we just barely move ahead. So that's the first thing that, that I want you to know as a new listener. The second thing is this is a podcast you just barely listen to. You just kind of go, uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I got you. Like, you just pretend like you're listening to me. Or you could listen, or you could uh, turn it down to a mumble. You could just kind of see how it goes. So that's uh, that's one thing. And then, um, oh, and then this is a podcast. You also, it doesn't really put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company while you fall asleep, to take your mind off of stuff, to make the night less lonely. I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar friend, your friend in the deep dark night to keep you company so you can fall asleep. Or if you can't sleep, there's listeners that can't sleep. So even if you can't sleep and you're, you're, you're feeling it, uh, there's other people out there that are listening and I'm here to the very end for you to keep you company. Uh, whether you're awake or asleep. That's kind of what ends up working about this show, I think. So that's that. Uh, uh, don't listen. You don't need to listen. Doesn't put you to sleep. More good news. The structure's very strange, too. You've already witnessed it. Starts off with a greeting. Friends beyond the binary. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And then I try to say something witty. But it ends up being more welcoming and silly. So you say, okay, I feel seen. I kind of get the tone of the podcast. Then there's support, support for the show so it can come out twice a week for free, hundreds of episodes in the archives, uh, support for listeners that are having a tough time, and then support for the communities around the show. 
Then there's the intro, which we're about 10, 12 minutes into. And the intro is an important part of the podcast at first, and for a lot of listeners, but not every listener. So at first, the, the, the reason the intro is like 12 to 20 minutes long, it's a show within a show that eases you into bedtime. So it's a transition period. The intro kind of serves for some people as part of their bedtime routine. They're getting ready for a bed routine. And I've been paying really close attention to this recently. And I need really one hour. Like if I, I mean, you know, within that's how I guess uh, I'm getting carried away in my all or nothing thinking. But I need something, something around an hour, uh, but pretty close to an hour to stop doing what I'm doing after I brush my teeth uh, until I want to close my eyes and fall asleep. But I make that period, the period's really important to me when I'm practicing it because uh, I get to read some Station Eleven or some other fiction, really uplifting stuff. I read uh, Never Let Me Go and then Station Eleven. Uh, and, but that's the kind of stuff I like to read at bedtime. It doesn't bother me. It, it helps me fall asleep, uh, connecting with those characters, going on a journey. And I do some other work, you know, I do some like other reading, journaling, meditation, stretching, whatever. That's what works for me. It might be something different for you. But having that period, that twilight period, I kind of wanted to make the intro and it's just based on thousand episodes, listener feedback. Say, okay, this can kind of be a part of that for people. Or if you just want to get in bed and lie there and kind of listen as you get eased into sleep, uh, that's great too. And there are listeners that are sleep so lovely, our sleeping listeners, along with those sleeping partners some of you have that fall asleep as soon as their head hits the pillow, even when you still had something left to discuss and they fell asleep. That's okay. You know, that's why I'm here. I'm here to, you know, to be here in lieu of that. Uh, and there's listeners two to 3% that skip the intro, start the show at 20 minutes or 25 minutes. There's actually like also about 5% of people that stop the show that set a sleep timer for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. And then there's people that listen on Patreon to story only episodes, but the majority of listeners, the, the intro is, it's something familiar, but it's different every time. And I know it's the same thing for me. If I'm reading a book that I enjoy, and I don't necessarily enjoy some of the other parts of my bedtime routine, they're more structured activities that I know are good for me. But at least I know at the end I have that to look forward to, right? Uh, so that's the same thing with sleep with me in the intro. So the intro goes on and on and on to ease you into bedtime, a landing strip, uh, for example. So that's the intro. Then there's uh, support or sponsors between the intro and the show. That's, again, just uh, how we're here for free twice a week. And then there will be our story. Tonight will be a recap of a Doctor Who episode. Now, if you've never seen Doctor Who, don't worry. I'll, I'll give you all the details. This is a period piece, uh, so it'll be good. And uh, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, it probably won't. You see, that, that was that was that a Doctor Who episode? doesn't sound like it. So don't worry. I'm going to take your mind off stuff and describe things in a way to carry you off into bedtime. Uh, and then there's thank yous at the end. So it's a structure show. That's why I make the show. And I think that's it. I'm really glad you're here. I really hope it can help. Because if, you, if you've come here with skepticism or doubt or someone told you about the show or you heard about it, of course you're going to be skeptical or doubtful. Why wouldn't you be, right? You've tried a lot of stuff to fall asleep. Uh, 
to help keep you company. And that's where this show comes in is to keep you company and take your mind off stuff. Right. And that's what I'm here for. Like literally. And if it doesn't work for you, you gave it a few tries or you decided already, you know what? You're not for me. I'm just listening to this point. Sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. Has a bunch of other stuff you could check out there. So check it out. I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate your time. And I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple ways I'm able to be here for you free twice a week. All right, everybody. Scoot's here. And we're talking about, uh, let me see my notes here because I don't uh Season 3, Episode 8, Human Nature. And let's see, this one, we'll see how we're going to do it. Because I got a lot of D, D with a circle in my notes means check the dialogue. So we'll watch this kind of together at the same time. Action, did they see you? Doctor stressed, did they see your face following us? Dialogue, check, uh, never going to stop. Uh, Unice, trust me, all depends on you. Take this watch, uh, this work, POV. What this Unice is, it looks like UN, there's a dot, uh, then it says ESI. Uneasy? I don't know, let's find out here. Okay, BBC, uh, laser comes in. Martha dives, doctor dives, they see you, it's too busy running. Did they see your face? No, they couldn't have. Off we go. Doctor pulls a lever, looks up at the TARDIS, heart of the TARDIS, they're following us. Time, you got a time machine, vortex manipulator. They can follow us wherever we go. Right across the universe, they're never going to stop. He gets an idea, looks up, unless I'll have to do it. You trust me, don't you? Of course I do. All depends on you. What am I supposed to do? Take this watch. Martha, then we get the POV. Martha, take this watch. Doctor wakes up in pajamas. Also striped. Uh, and uh, like uh, just like his pinstripe suit. They're not pinstripe pajamas, but that's actually nice. Pinstripe pajamas could be a song in a musical. Somewhere, I don't know, I guess it would be the Sleep With Me musical, Pinstripe Pajamas. Uh, there is one pinstripe on his pajama, but it's, uh, but he has wider stripes, so I don't think it's pinstripe. The doctor's waking up in what seems to be, now again, I'm not English, so I'll need some instructions or some feedback, or I'm not, also not a historian or a history buff or a person that retains very much history. But uh, the doctor's getting up in a bed in seemingly what's his office. So it's like his office in his bedroom. A lot to look at. A couple butterflies, a mirror, paintings. Uh, could spend a lot of time in this office if we if we wanted to. I don't know. I guess that was the end of the... Oh, yeah. That, that's a doctor. Doctor in something office, a bedroom, double question mark. Martha and Mr. Smith talking dreams. Compromex, a compromise, compromex, the watch catches her attention. Her calm free, 11, 10, 19, 13, uh, complete, completing him. And then it goes to the open. So let's see, doctor's getting out of bed. 
rubbing his face and knock on the door. Martha comes in with tea. Pardon me, Mr. Smith, you're not dressed. He's putting on his robe. And it looks like she has tea and toast, maybe. Yeah. And sorry, uh, doctors are a little distracted. Martha makes a face. She opens the blinds. Obelisk, I see. I have these dreams. Uh, then I'm an adventurer. A daredevil. Uh, the doctor, I'm called. And you were there, Martha. Believe it or not. I believe it. <laughs> you know, maybe uh, I'd say, Martha, you can appear in my dreams anytime you want as my companion. She goes, a teacher, me and you, and uh, I'm a man from another world. Uh, well, they can't be thing. And he goes, this watch played a part in it, too. Martha looks at the watch. Uh, doctor puts it back down. She's thoughtful. Then she smiles. I do remember one thing. All took place in the future. 2007, uh, the year of our Lord. Uh, well, I can prove you wrong. It's 1913. November 10th, uh, you're completely human, sir. That actually is, is a little foreshadowing. As human as they come, that's me. Completely human, Zoom. Oh, so that's what I couldn't read. It looks like calm force. Uh, oh, no, completely calm. I put uh, open, flag goes up at a school. Boris choir sings, midday, military walking. Sin, bell rings, Smith teaching class, cleaning floor, dreamy eyes, punk students that one day will run the country. 1913, they might not. Paul Cornell, uh, this episode's by Mr. Smith, pile of books, nurse, double question mark, uh, division of labor, book, any directors, Mallory. Uh, awkwardly dance, uh, uh-huh, no one asked me, hint. Okay, so we're running, at mil- it's raining, kids are walking in the rain, military march, doctors dressed as a professor, talk about cosplay, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, he's very, uh, he's another he- the headmaster, some other teacher, a lot of layers. That would be too hot. I couldn't teach at the school unless it was freezing. They're talking about Waterloo. So he maybe he's a history teacher, Napoleon. He is on so many layers. It better be cold in that school. Or I'd say, I can't work here. It's uh, too many layers. Uh, so what, is you, what do you have on your ride or whatever that I don't have to wear so many layers? Walks by Martha. Is washing the floor with someone else. Uh, morning. She says, uh, always his head's in the clouds. Why are you sweet on him? Well, he's nice to me. And I'd say, yeah, Martha, why are you sweet on him? Uh, my head's in the clouds. Uh, she said, this is from a fictional TV show from two. And I said, oh, okay. I got to look up who was in this episode. I don't know if any, I think one of, one or two of the guest performers was famous, uh, or would become famous, but these kids, uh, these high schoolers, uh, oh boy, they need it. They need a. Um, they need to be. They need to learn some manners. I guess uh, would be the nicest way to put it. Martha says I like to dump my bucket on their heads. Uh, but yeah, one day they're going to be the ones in charge. Uh, so Martha says, "Oh boy, it's 1913. Maybe not." Uh, then we go upstairs, uh, we see uh, Mr. Smith, he drops a book, uh, 
nurse tries or he steps on it. Maybe he doesn't want her to see it or she wants to help. He says, you hold my books. I'll pick up the book, which is a strange move. And then she has her books. She's definitely a big smiling. How's Jake and Jenkins got a cold? Uh, no, missing his mother mostly. But uh, he's got a letter. Now I'm holding your books. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Let me take them. Uh, why don't I take hat? Let's split it up. Division uh, of labor. They're both very uh, smiling. And uh, she goes, where, did, where are these books going? He goes, oh, this way. And so they go along, and uh, they're talking about school, you know, blah, blah, blah. Truth be told, uh, she goes, you can call me Nurse Redfern, because he's calling her matron. She goes, matron sounds matronly. She goes, you could even call me Joan if you want. Joan Redfern, I like that. Uh, he goes, obviously. And she goes, you're John, right? John Smith. Uh, she goes, check this out. There's a poster for the dance. Uh, it's not formal. Sounds fun, huh? You going? Got a date? And he starts doing a scoots. He goes, blah, 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 blah. She goes, I haven't been to a dance in a while. Just because nobody asked me. And he goes, blah, 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 blah. And uh, he goes, I never thought you'd be one for dancing. Have you seen the doctor dances? Because uh, I know the doctor can dance. And then he goes and takes a little tumble to, drops his books, drops some papers everywhere. Uh, and then she gives him a little. Uh, she helps his little, he bumps his head. Martha comes running in. Did he fall? Uh, you're supposed to knock, Martha, before you come in. Oh, right. Okay. Everything okay with him? I heard you uh, took a folly poo. Just a tumble, that's all. And she goes, if you, you know, we forget Martha's a doctor. So she says, this is a concussion. And the matron, nurse matron, nurse Redfern, Joan, for, Joan, uh, says, uh, you know, don't worry about it. And then the doctor's like, I've been telling her about the dreams I've been having. No, someone else. I'm in hiding. Uh, hiding? How are you hiding? Well, I don't know. Every night I have these dreams. It's going to sound silly. I dream, you know, a lot of times that uh, two hearts. And she goes, well, I'm a nurse. I could check that. Two hearts. Nope. Only one heart. But you could have two hearts beating as one at tonight's dance. Uh Especially if, I don't know if at this time in England we could dance uh, heart to hearts. But if we did, then you'd have, you wouldn't still have two hearts, but, you know, and I don't know if they would actually beat us one, if that's just a phrase. He has a record of a controller or whatever that thing's called. Says these dreams are like fiction, been writing it down. Don't know if you want to check it out, like appear uh, into my heart, eh? She goes, oh boy, would I. Martha's watching all this and never shown it to anybody, not even Martha. And so there's a little a journal of impossible things. Uh, there's a lot of cool uh, drawings uh, and uh, writing. Doctor's handwriting is about on pace with mine, maybe a little bit better. His drawing is excellent. Uh, I think we even see, like, different versions of the doctor or the watch. Uh, Rose, quite an eye for pretty girls. Oh, she's just a character called Rose. Martha, we get we get a look from Martha there. She disappears later on. Cat nurses, the TARDIS, uh, the blue box, he calls it, always there, like a magic carpet. Fun little box transports me to faraway places, like a doorway. 
Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I think he even has a thing of all the older doctors. I don't know. Previous doctors. Joan says, if only about something. Just a dream. And uh, we see the watch again. Then uh, she takes a journal. Martha runs after him, says, don't worry about that journal, man. Well, he said I could read it. And she goes, it's silly. Just stories, right? And then Nurse Redfern says, who is he, Martha? It's like he's left the kettle on. He knows he has something to get back to, but he can't remember. And she goes, you two came together, right? And uh, she goes, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the nurse says, you're a little familiar, you know. You know, I'm <laughs> like, uh, and I say, wait a second. Martha makes a great face. What time is that? At about 1021 on HBO. She says, oh, yeah, matronly. What else we got here? Smith speechless downstairs. Martha rushes in. Not a good form. Is he all right? I know more than you. Nurse, matron, my remarkable tales. Two hearts hiding. Goes the journal. Gives the journal drawings. Rose invention, cat nurse, blue box, magic carpet like a doorway, old doctor's question mark? If only the watch. Martha runs after nurse, they talk, which we covered. More punk kids. Do my homework, more money, better school. One of the kids can kind of read minds, so he gets in trouble. He even tries to say, I can't help. It's just like some sort of luck. They call him Little Toad. Then another kid says, there's beer in the woods. He says, go get the beer. And actually, let's look it up right now. Um, Okay. Just see who the guests are. Doctor who. Human nature. And let's see, because I think one of these kids is like, uh, was in, I, I know I've seen him in movies before. Okay, let's see what Wikipedia has. Uh, okay, Jessica Hines, uh, Harry Lloyd, Thomas Sangster, Pip Torrance, uh, Rebecca Station, and Goran Horan, no, Gerard Horan. I was going to say Goran Horan. That doesn't help me. So let's try IMDb. Okay, it does bring up the episode. That's good. Okay, who do we got? Oh, this is a kid, Thomas Brody. How come he didn't even get a... Let's see. This kid, Thomas Brody's definitely been in some things I've seen. Oh, holy moly. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how time connects back to one another. I knew I recognized this kid from somewhere that I liked, uh, and uh, I rec- when he was, I didn't recognize. I recognized him in something else when he was in. So he was in. He was, played a really good character in uh, the Queen's Gambit, uh, but I recognized him. I don't know. Was it from Star Wars: The First Order? Is that a video game? But he's definitely in something. Oh, that's it. Uh, G-O-T. There we go. Okay, so now it's all coming together. So he was in a G-O-T. Then he was in the Queen's Gambit. Uh, but he was in this first, I think. Uh, 
probably. What year did this come out? So, yeah, it's cool. Um, I don't know. I don't have it, uh, all the info. Knew I recognized him more than once. And I knew I recognized him from the Queen's Gambit. And when I looked it up at the time, I must not have looked it deep enough because I didn't know he was. I said, oh, from uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Jojen or whatever. Jojen. Jojen. So my apologies. Uh, but really, uh, uh, I thought a quality kind of character acting. I don't know. His character was uh, a somewhat important character uh in in the queen's gambit uh and i just liked it, the the like kind of flourish she played it with okay back to the episode let's do a little bit more notes uh one more oh then they're at the pub women aren't allowed inside the pub one more month uh anywhere to the stars this is martha so i can all the way out then there's a green flash only martha sees it then the nurse comes out of the woods. She goes, did you see that flash? Uh, then we see a green spotlight. There's music. Uh, she runs. I think that's Martha. Did you see that? Smith. Oh, no, no. Somebody runs. Did you see that? Smith, the comet. Uh, Cinder. Cooper's field. Martha runs off. Then we see a ship land, and the kid is getting the beer. He sees it. Uh, this kid actually does some quality problem solving for a jerk. Uh, so he sees it, he realizes that it's invisible. He slowly discovers that's a force field. At first, it seems like that. It's, it turns green, but it's more of an invisible ship or a ship uh, with an invisibility powder or power or a cloak. Uh, impossible he holds his hands against it so they can find he finds a door goes inside i don't know what this says brain smart kid brain smart could mouth and fond run nothing told you so oh this must be martha and the other one no falling star in green room oh no yeah, let's see what we got. Martha walks off. Okay, this is when they're telling Latimer to do the homework Latin. Get it done. No mistakes. This is one of the rich kids. Uh, my best handwriting. Fathers. Uh, there's also this whole colonist thing. It's like, uh, and like, oh, maybe being, being a colonist isn't such a great idea. Uh, it's beautiful places. Why do we got to mess with it? And, uh, so they go back and forth. He also reveals, you know, that not only does he care, he can read, you know, he can also read minds to somewhat, uh, some degree. So I guess in some sense, he's like Bran. This kid was the sister. I think this kid was one of the people that helped. I can't remember, but I think, isn't he one of the ones that helped them go to the, to meet the, the one-eyed raven, which I used to sing, one-eyed raven, oh, so raven. Like, uh, into the lyrics of Three-Eyed Lady or whatever. Green-Eyed Lady, right? Uh, so then the kid, now they're going, hey, you want some beer? Baxter hit it in the woods. We'll get going, man. And uh, hurry up, but none for the little kid. Uh, and I said, well, yeah, because he's a little kid. Uh, and he says, hurry along, bang some parched. Uh, Okay, then uh, outside the pub, Martha and her friend are having uh, some pints or half pints. Uh, 
And she says, you might be able to drink in a pub in London, but not out here. But Martha's like, I mean, that's, what do you mean? It's garbage time. We should be able to do, you know, we're, we're, uh, and then Martha says, one month and I'm out of here anyway. This, uh, she goes, you can come with me, Jenny. Sorry, Jenny. And where are you going to go? Space up there. Already been there all the way to the stars. Uh, she goes, you, you, you're wild. Uh, that's where I'm going in the sky all the way out. Uh, then we see like spark, the green spark. Uh, did you see that? Uh, no. Martha stands. Uh, she's looking. Then the nurse comes along. She's, I guess she's just out for an evening stroll. She sees a more powerful green beam in the rain. It's raining. A green spotlight from above. Uh, can't deny that. She's kind of like uh, mystified. She turns around, doesn't then sees another green spotlight searching, maybe for a landing pad. I don't know. They're looking though. And she walks off, uh, misty breast, rainy. She Oh, so she does run towards the pub. Matron, what's up? Uh, green eye, green lights in the woods is what's up. Uh, uh, the doctor comes out or Professor Smith or whatever. Then there's a comet. The doctor mansplains a comet. I, I just realized that or Doc explains it. Uh, just everybody stay calm. Just a meteorite. Just rocks falling to the ground uh, many miles away. Didn't come down in the woods like you think it did, but it really did. Nothing but a cinder. Uh, maybe I should escort you. You know, I'll just drop this fax and walk you all back. Uh, and they say, no, thanks. Why don't you take your uh, future date with you? Martha's like, I got to do some uh, sleuthing. So Martha heads out to, in the dark to Cooper's Field. Jenny eventually follows her as a good friend would. They left full pints behind. Kid pulls out wood box of beer. That's when the ship lands, even though it's invisible. He's mesmerized, obviously. I mean, who wouldn't be, right? It's a spaceship. Uh, so ship goes down. He's looking at it like, whoa. That's a sp- he even gulps. Uh, oh boy, spaceship, eh? And uh, then he heads to it, forgets about the beer. The beer was hidden under a, a fallen tree, the roots of a fallen tree. Says hello. Uh, and he, is, is it an airplane? What's going on? That's when he runs into the forest field face first. I think uh, you chaps all right. And he does use some deduction. Doesn't work out. In the end, it doesn't work out for him, but uh, he does use a deduction. Deduction, deductions. What? What's your function? Uh, then he hits it. Uh, he says, this is impossible. He takes another gulp, uh, holds his hands against it, and uh, that's how he figures out where the door is, as we said. I was just really impressed because I would be like, uh, I would have ran the other way. And if it was the old days, I would have just drank the, I would have drank all the beer too. Then gone and drank the two pints the nurses left. But this kid's curious, uh, as curious as a cat. Unfortunately, now he goes in blind. It disappears into the ship. Martha and Jenny come, but they're at a distance, so they don't see the ship because it's invisible. 
Nothing there. Told you so, Jenny says. Cooper's Field, this is it, right? Far as the eye can see. No falling star. Let's go. It's cold out. Uh, nothing to see. Just like we got mansplained by Mr. Smith, Professor Smith. Uh, and they walk off. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. And then we go to the kid in there. Uh, he's talking to the um, beings from outer space. Uh, we're the family. Who are you, little thing? He's in this green. So I'm Jeremy Baines. Can I leave? Uh, he's kind of holding his knees. Sorry, Baines. Uh, we're going to work with you. And uh, it's pretty cool looking, like somewhat organic, somewhat technological green. What is that called? Like a spaceship inside of a spaceship. Oh, we can answer your questions. Soon we'll look very familiar. He says, I want to see what you look like. Uh, that's when he says, oh, no. Then we go to the kid, uh, He's the, the psychic kid. He's polishing shoes, probably for one of the jerks. Baines comes back. Uh, they say, where's the beer? Where's that kid with the beer? And they open a window. And he climbs in. And Baines is looking a little bit uh, peaked. He's sweaty and wide-eyed. No beer. They call him adult. Uh, where's the blessed beer? No beer it was gone. And they say, darn, man, where you been? Pretty poor show. And he's sniffing because he's sniffing out something. He goes, but maybe I have a cold. But the psychic kid knows something weird is up. Uh, very cold. Uh, and then the main rich kid says, don't spread it, man. Come on, chaps. Uh, we'll just go see if we can find some beer somewhere else. Uh, so they go off. Bane stares at the kid who's polishing the shoes, who's uncomfortable, and uh, he's just polishing away. Then we see this really beautiful green countryside and, uh, like, a cottage. Martha on a bike, uh, beautiful hat. She was wearing a hat last night. Uh, she goes into this cottage, warm in the inside, and what is in there? She smiles. At first, there's all this romantic music. Oh, yeah, let me read my things. Uh, uh, shining shoes, no show, window knock, window knock uh, sweaty, a word, no beer, poor show, 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 Martha on bike, old cottage, uh, she smiles, uh, romantic, romance music, that's what I put, Tardis and Key, hello, talking machine. Very rom-con music, flashback, laser, listen, laser, maps, run, trusty, trust me, hand, hunters, track me down, something me, but you, uh, gonna make a ship a bug, time, time lord become human. Plush, uh, looks up at device, uh, mouth, uh, face, uh, stress, a face. Oh, Martha caring face, uh, then stress face. Uh, she tries it, she ties it up, uh, tries it up. Doctor's initiative, doctor's instructions. Uh, oh, she, yeah, she fires it up. She fires up the TARDIS. Uh, watch only if you have to. 
Doctor, all available, all down to you, your choice. Thank you, Smith. Uh, then Kid Psychic. Okay, so let's run through this scene here. Martha's going towards the TARDIS. She opens it up with her key, puts it back around her neck, um, pushes the door. It's in a bar, kind of like a barn, not a cottage, because uh, there's hay. Hello. Talking to a machine. She pulls off her gloves and uh, looks at the TARDIS, not pumping away or anything, but glowing. She's thoughtful, looking around. Then she flashes back, would get down, lasers are shooting. She moves around the the heart of the TARDIS or whatever, that's what I call it. I don't know if that's the right thing, the console. Then flashback to, front, you know, the beginning, following us wherever we go. Right across the universe and not going to stop. She crosses her arms. Trust me. All depends on you. She's kind of frowning now. Martha, this watch is me. Okay, got you. No, hold on. Completely lost. Uh, these creatures, they're hunters. They sniff stuff out. Being a time lord, they can sniff me out across time and space. Uh, what's the good news? Well, they could smell me, but they haven't seen me. And their supplies are running out. Uh, so we got to do it before they, you know. Because I have to stop being a time lord. This happened in Superman, right? I'm going to become human. Didn't work out in Superman. And, then you know, we'll see how it works out with this because it's a two-parter. Doesn't say a two-parter, but it is. Uh, Martha looks up in the present at a machine. Then we go to the flashback. It's kind of like this, uh, um, what do they call it? Like Magneto used to use something. Or no, not Magneto, but Dr. Xavier used to use something like this. Uh, but this one rewrites your biology, make you into human. I've said it to human. Could do other stuff. Uh, plugs the watch into it. And uh, can't do the same. Uh, you're human. They won't follow you or something. I don't know. Is that what's it going to feel like if it rewrites your cells? He goes, oh, not great. Uh, so we see Martha's caring face. Then we see her stress face when the doctor's getting rewritten. And the doctor getting rewritten. Right into the watch, though, I guess. Martha covers her mouth. The uh, doctor lets out a bit of a yawl. And Martha's got the green lights. She's saying, okay. She goes to the console. She watches this recording of the doctor. Is this thing working? Martha, before I change, I got to record some instructions. That's handy. Okay, don't let me not be nice. Uh, don't worry about the TARDIS. It'll hide. Uh, okay, don't get involved in any big event, historical events, and don't let me lose you. It's okay. Five, but then she fast forwards. Uh, meteor shooting star. What am I supposed to do? 23. He's a bit like Scoots. If anything goes wrong, uh, if they find us, Martha, then you know what to do. Open the watch. Everything I am is kept safe in there, but I won't recognize it because it's got some perception filter. So it's just a watch, but don't open it unless you have to because then they'll be able to find me. Martha nods and frowns. Down to you, Martha. Your choice. Uh, then the doctor's, oh, by the way, thanks. Uh, and he gives a smile, which gives some confidence back. And she goes, I wish you'd come back. 
Then the kid, uh, kid psychic's going to talk to the professor. You want me to collect a book? Yeah, good lad. Come on in. Uh, the definitive account of some book. I don't know. I missed it. Uh, where'd I put it? Uh, hey, your marks aren't great. I, I can tell you're not. You, you're smarter than that. Timothy's his name. You should be the top of your class, uh, but you're hiding it. And he goes, I think it's because the kids aren't nice. Uh, and he goes, no man should hide himself, don't you think? Uh, the kid sees the watch. And he picks it up uh, and hears voices in there. Time Lord, a bunch of other stuff, uh, hide, all that kind of things. Uh, secret and within. The kid opens it, a bunch of glowing stuff comes out. And then that Baines kid who got, you know, the aliens were working through him. He starts, he senses something. Then he gives a book to the kid, everything okay. The kid pockets the watch. Uh, remember, use that brain ears. Uh, power of a time lord, it says. He sees that the doctor, or Smith is the doctor. You okay, kid? No, I'll see you later, professor. He walks off, uh, closes the door. We zoom on his face. He's thinking. We don't know what he's thinking. He runs to his room, looks at the watch when he's alone, and wonders. Uh, Wawa wonders. What, opens it again. Some some psychic mist comes out. Keep me hidden. You're not alone. And he sees some other, like a lot of the history of the doctor, even stuff I don't know about. Bane senses something. Bell rings, uh, kids are getting called to do something. I don't know. Class is ready. Baines is looking. Come along, Jenkins. Baines turns, senses something, but he doesn't know. That's the kid that's part, uh, you know, he, then he goes into some green light, uh, a trace, but scattered. The scent is confused, but we better get ready. Uh, for action time, activate the soldiers. Then we see some, like, uh, old dude walking in the countryside. He must own a farm or something. A scarecrow waves at him. And he says, uh, is that a kid pretending to be a scarecrow? No, it turns out it's not. Uh, so we quickly realize that there's the the aliens I now have uh, scarecrows working for them, friendly ones, of course. They just say, hey, we're just here to scare the crows, not everybody else. Uh, so don't worry. We're, we're only, you could just call us uh, straw straw friends instead of scarecrows. And, and I said, oh, I wish I thought of that earlier, but I will move forward with it. Marks aren't good enough for my notes. Kid senses, watch whispers. He opens a watch, takes it. Power of a time lord. Uh, power of a time lord. Let's see, I lost my spot here. Kid senses, opens a watch, takes it. Power of a time lord. He opens a watch while alone. Lots of crazy stuff. Kid alien, green. He's on the case. Arm ourselves, uh, activate, scarecrows go wild. Girl with a red balloon, she becomes, she gets, she joins the scarecrow crew. Kids pre-war, better than the best you have to be. And then our kid psychic says, I'm not a colonist. Uh, flash forward, wow. Kids were, oh, I can't believe the stuff these kids get away with at this school. 
the nurse, your journal, my husband. Pretty sure that says prime delivery, but I know it doesn't. Uh, doctor and nurse talk war, 1914, shadow across the world. P- piano, uh, there's like a cartoon piano moment uh, where the doctor s- saves like a, a, um, a pram and a piano at the same time. He doesn't save the piano, saves the pram. Still walking, Gallifrey. Words on Scarecrow, works on Scarecrow. Doctor draws her love in the air. Kiss, uh, uh, Martha kiss and then kiss back and Martha comes awkward and sad. Okay, let's run it here. Uh, this is the dude saying, yo, this is a scarecrow. What up with it? Uh, and then he realizes, oh no, it's not the, 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 it's a being from outer space. Uh, and he said, no, we're straw friends, not scarecrows. Uh, we're straw friends of the family. So we're going to have you help us, uh, we consider ourselves the, prota- the protagonist, not the antagonist. So let's go meet the girl with the red balloon, have her join our team. And she says, oh, okay, I guess I'm joining this team with the, uh, the um, straw friends. Then uh, we see the kids practicing uh, and concentrating. you got to be the best of the best. Uh, but... Uh, you know, there's question question of conscience. This kid says, I'm not a colonist. Uh, I don't want to be colonizing places. And they say, well, that's uh, not your choice. It's not what this school's for. And so they go back and forth. Uh, and uh, But the kid actually makes a stand uh, with a, another professor. And the professor says, one day, maybe you'll be able to understand. Uh, also in the foreground is the dude that joined the aliens. He's got a wild look on his face. Uh, and, you know, we've got a flash forward. We get flashbacks. Uh, the kid has a watch and his flash forward to the WW, uh, which he doesn't like. Uh, and who would? And they say, yeah, this kid's not helping, man. Proficient to... to, to uh, Wag my finger at Latimer, and they say, oh, the professor says, okay. He said, you can't wag. What kind of school allows kids to wag? F- uh, then Baines senses the doctor, maybe. He's sniffing around, literally, not figuratively. He goes off. Uh, nurse is watching. She's stressed. She doesn't like this whole thing either because she's a nurse, Nurse Redfern, Joan. She goes, I guess I'll give you back your journal. He goes, no, 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 you don't have to. She goes, excuse me. Uh, I was just thinking about uh, my husband in the past. I got to go. But the doctor knows something's up. So then we see a piano getting raised up uh, like something right out of a cartoon. They're walking. Oliver was her husband's name. He did go to childhood sweethearts, but one sweetheart made a, you know, made a move to the big, big farm. And, uh, she goes, yeah, I don't like that. The, the kids are learning that too. And she goes, why does it have to be military discipline? I don't think uh, military discipline's the way. 
Long may we have peace. Uh, and she goes, you wrote about next year, 1914, in your journal. That's when the shadow falls across the land. He goes, well, it's just a dream. Doctor's really buttoned up. He's got a hat, a coat. Uh, not very doctor-like, more professor-like right now. Shadow across the world. Well, I don't know, hopefully it won't be true. Uh, and uh, he goes, yeah, I don't think uh, valor and honor have to be through uh, aggression either. Maybe we could find it in small places. That's when he sets the example. Saves the pram, saves people a lot of money. Because it looked like a handmade wicker pram. I think he uses a cricket ball. You know, like he does like kind of like a special move. Like what do you call it? Infernal machine style. Knocks over something. Knocks over something else. Very impressive. So talk about a move to make somebody that already liked you fall in love with you. See, it's not, no wonder I have such unrealistic expectations of myself. I watch so much TV. But she's impressed. Uh, I mean, as she should be, I guess. Uh, and uh, they say, you saved the day. And they says, you know, she goes, how do you, if you save a pram, how do you up that? And he goes, well, by active listening and fixing a scarecrow. Oh, and asking her to the dance. And she goes, oh, yeah, you extraordinary man. I'd love to. Uh, so they're both laughing. But this is still, she says, yeah, I still need one more thing. So he fixes the scarecrow. I think he uses it, you know, as a metaphor, as a, a straw friend. Uh, and she goes, you're quite the, like your character, though, is quite the, uh, um, in a fireplace lover. Uh, and dance, and I'm going to dance with him. Like in the doctor dances. Uh, and he goes, was that what that episode was about? I thought it was more melancholy. She goes, where is Gallifrey? He goes, huh, I'm not sure. And then he says, my father, Sidney, was a watchmaker from Nottingham. And my mother, Verity, was, uh, hmm, she was a nurse, actually. She goes, nurses are great, aren't they? Uh, and he goes, I say, well, I prefer like a doctor, like Martha, myself. Uh, my work is done. I fixed a scarecrow or whatever. But the scarecrow says, I'm not a scarecrow, Scoots. I'm a, a straw friend. Then the doctor's drawing a, a, a vision of a, Joan Redfern or whatever. Doctor even has in his office a model of some building. She goes, do I look like that? He goes, you're even more beautiful. And she tries to do some self-deprecation, but uh, he goes, well, that's how I see you. She goes, really, like a flat two-dimensional drawn object? Because then and he's staring at her. You're not saying anything at all. She goes, I just want to stop right now. I think she says something like preserve this moment or something. I don't know. And he does the old hair to face touch, uh, back of the finger one, then a kiss, uh, closed mouth, but, uh, not even puckered lips. Uh, and then says, Oh boy. And she kisses him back though. And that one's, uh, like a, you know, that's what one, two, that's a serious kiss. Holy boy, boy, oh boy. Martha comes in. 
Holy mackerel, what I just walk in on. She almost, she says B-A-R-F, uh, and then goes back to the TARDIS. Okay, so she goes to see the um, TARDIS, watches a video again. Don't let me abandon you. Shakes her head. That's no, you know, what, are, what about women? Uh, didn't think of that, did you? What am I, what the double H hockey sticks am I supposed to do? And they says, thank you, smiles. Really heartbreaking for me and Martha and for me as a, you know. And she says, you had to go and fall in love with a human and it wasn't. Oh, jeez, man. I mean, no offense, <laughs> doctor. Uh, then the kid, kid a psychic, is looking at the watch, listening to the voices. Last of the time, lords. He looks up, he sees Kid Alien walking in the woods, staring at him like a robot, though. Or walking like a robot. He meets up with the, um, the dude that owned the straw beings, balloon girl. And they're ready to roll. Well, they need one more. They look at the kid, they look at Kid Psychic, turn their heads to the side, sniff. Uh, they still need one more member for their crew. Who we see, uh, uh, she goes, who's, like, she? she's riding her bike, uh, uh, Jenny, and then she runs into one of the um, straw friends, and she's the last piece of their puzzle party. Then we go to the ship, Jenny's there, she doesn't understand, Mr. Clark's there, what's going on, Mr. Clark, I don't get this, uh. Something that looks like a uh, giant um, sea diving, green glowing thing. But he goes, yeah, we need you. you, She works at the school. And whatever's going on is happening at the school. Kid Alien says, his eyes are green. They match the glow of the ship. Never got to say that to anybody. Your eyes match the glow of this cockpit. Uh, and they said, be quiet. My mother's going to meet you. By, by meet you, I mean uh, become one with you. Here she is. Takes out a glowing, green glowing ball, matches his eyes. Uh, uh, like a green globe. Uh, we go through shapes so fast. Yours is adequate. And they says, mother mine. And some green, uh, green smoke comes out. Uh, Joins with Jenny. Never hear about Jenny that we got her number or anything or eight six seven five three zero nine. Okay, what do we got here? My notes here. Gallifrey works on the thing. Doctor draws her loves in the air. Kiss, kiss back. Uh, trouble. Grown ship grew, green globe, we saw that. Mother of mine, dance prep, can you dance? Uh, the do- Of course, I, I guess, if the doctor dances. Martha, for, 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 fork all of it, team tea time. Forget all of it, maybe. Martha runs, lasers. That part made me say, I strongly dislike laser beams, uh, like the song. Uh, Never done at, I don't even know the rest, uh, other than scent of a mule. Water is gone. Something's gone. OMG. 
Martha really fingerprints uh, him, stops him, uh, he throws her out, fingerpoints him. Okay, I know what I'm saying. Uh, fog watch. Uh, oh, that's the kind of watch it is, a fog watch. She bumps into last flashback. Uh, androids looking for Mr. Smith. Androids looking for Mr. Smith, a dance flirt, uh, space pony, <laughs> space pony kid sneaks in, uh, waltz time, library speech, library search, uh, somebody searching the library, son of mine, daughter of mine, I'll finish out my notes and we'll finish out the episode, serve a circus, circus, music dance, uh, Martha, Matron and Martha talking. She pulls out some oh, sonic screwdriver. John, John. Martha sunk uh, velvet eyes. Uh, kids nose. Uh, kid. Oh, the psychic kid knows it. Lasers. I think the kid figures it all out. Then everybody rolls in from outer space. The uh, straw friends and the... Um, People have joined with the, the the family, I guess they're called. Lasers, silence, we need a time lord. Slow down. What are big music, a friend or lover, you choose? And I say, and that's how it ends, I think. So let's see, the doctor tells his date she looks wonderful. She says, by the way, can you dance? Uh, he says, I'm not certain. Looks up, there's a surprise. Uh, is there anything you are certain about, she says. Oh, he says, oh boy, certainly pitter-pattering with my heart right now. Jenny goes into her Martha's room or just Martha's room. She goes, uh, uh, Mr. somebody, one of the other teachers said afternoon tea, but now we can have it. How about it? Uh, she breathes through her nose, Jenny. Sorry, I got a cold coming on. Sits down. And Martha says, I don't know what to do about who, Mr. Smith and Marion. It's never going to last. He's going to leave in a few weeks. Clue. She says, why? Well, his contract comes up. Uh, where is he going to leave? So all sorts of places. I can't tell you, Jenny. It's complicated. In what way? Can't tell you. But she says, tell me. Tell me now. Martha says, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right. How about some tea? Yes. Uh, she says, what about some gravy and mutton uh, or sardines and jam? And uh, Martha figures it out. Uh, she does that little quizzy poo. She says, excuse me one second, Jenny. She closes the door, turns around. And makes a run for it uh, down the stairs. And uh, Jenny's already laser now after Martha. Doctor's making out. Uh, Martha runs in. I warned you. They look like us, uh, but they're undercover. Got to open the watch. Uh, where's the watch? The doctor says, huh. She goes, the watch is gone. The doctor's like, what are you talking about? She goes, a fob watch. Oh, I thought it was a fog watch because I was in a fog. Uh, and even his date says, uh, what is going on? She goes, uh, beings from another world, Jenny, copied, taken over. Where's the watch? 
And the doctor says, oh, I see. Uh, maybe uh, you're feeling strong feelings. Martha, this is a story. And Martha says, come on, dude. Uh, this is not you. It's 1913. Doctor's really sp- doc explaining her. And she has to finger point him very strongly. Come back to the TARDIS with me. No. And he tosses her out of the room, closes the door. And he goes, the cheek or whatever. You think I've got it? And uh, his uh, nurse, she says, there was a watch here earlier. We were making out right by it. Uh, Martha runs, bumps into kid psychic. He looks after her. Martha? Not now, Tim. I'm busy. Sorry, I didn't know your name, kid. She goes to the TARDIS, uh, grabs the doctor's coat, uh, his, like, a duster. Can't find anything in it. They go into, maybe, not, maybe they're, oh, they go into Mr. Smith's office. Uh, Mr. Smith, you in here? Jenny says she's hiding something. Uh, Martha, we both scented him. He's plain and human. But maybe he knows something. Where is he? And old green eyes, uh, then they say, the doctor's going, he's still fl- fl- flirting, saying, oh boy, this is a dance, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. Uh, the kid follows the men uh, to the dance, he knows, he's investigating, kid psychic, uh, there's a punch bowl, a keg or a wooden keg, Walt starts up, people are excited, they're dancing. Doctor and uh, Nurse Redfern are eye to eye in love. Oh, boy, are they. You can dance. Quite surprised myself, Doctor says. Uh, And they're moving around. They bump into a couple other couples. Uh, The uh, former humans now bonded with the family or whatever are going through the books. uh, And the um, patron dude says, well, there's a dance. Son of mine, daughter of mine's already there. Uh, Well, let's go to the dance. You could dance if you want to. Oh, the daughter's there. Uh, I think that'd be a little strange. Uh, She's got a red balloon, though. Martha goes into the dance. Like, some dude tries to do uh, something splainer. And people are watching. The uh, straw friends are watching from the outside. There's someone playing accordion. Doctors grabbing drinks. Martha sits down with the nurse. The nurse says, please, this is supposed to be my date. Uh, she goes, he's different from any other man you've met, right? Uh, yep. Uh, sometimes he says strange things. Yep. Is this, are, you, are we talking about Scooter or uh, uh, like, like uh, uh, the doctor? And they say, he's uh, been to other places that don't even exist or like he can describe them perfectly or something like that. Never even heard of him. But it's deeper than that. Uh, when you look in your, his eyes, you know there's something else in there. Something hidden. Right behind the eyes, something hidden away in the dark. Uh, she says, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, come on, baloney. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And it uh, doesn't even matter what you think anyway. You're nice. You're lucky. And sorry about this, but I got to break this whole thing up. And doctor comes over. Oh, Martha, what are you doing? 
She says, hey, check this thing out. Oh, so that's what she took out of his jacket. She goes, what is this? Uh, and even Nurse Redfern says, what is it, John? And the doctor said, hmm, I'm perplexed. I'll touch it, though. And Martha's hopeful. And she goes, you're not John Smith. Uh, you are the doctor. The man in your journal's real. That's who you are, yo. And meanwhile, the little girl with the red balloon figures it out. Uh, the family rolls in. They start lasering people right off. From from the jump, they're lasering people. Kid psychic's there. He sees the uh, um, uh, straw friends show up. He says, oh, boy. He's still making connections. He quite hasn't got it all connected. They push you when the dad of the family shows up, he pushes over a coat rack. I say, how rude could you be? You just pushed over the coat rack unnecessarily. Mr. Clark, what's going on? Lasers the band leader. And that gets everybody's attention. And then Martha says, don't worry about the sonic screwdriver. They say silence. Martha tries to play it down. Straw friends are watching too. Got some questions for Mr. Uh, Smith. Uh, and the little girl goes, no, he's the doctor. I was eavesdropping. Ah, human form. And the doctor doesn't know. He says, I'm human. And uh, they go, this is wild, man. They go, you got a human brain, too. That's why I can't figure it out. And they laugh. Uh, but we need a time lord, not a. So we'll have to undo the doing. Uh, but they'll have to have him undo it. Uh, change back. Don't know what you're talking about. Change back. Uh, doctor really doesn't know. They go, what about Martha, your friend? And he goes, I don't know what you mean. Wait a minute. And then they say, what about your date? Uh, uh, they go, well, who are you going to choose? Uh, your, your your companion or your lover? And I said, doctor, man, you, I, no offense, dude. You chose in a way to not... Uh, has it taught you wonderful things? Are you better, richer, wiser than answer this? Uh, who do you choose? Doctor sh- shaken, maid or matron, your friend or your lover? And uh, they do a lot of cutting face to face. Zoom on the doctor. He's not, you know, he's like, I can't, you know, this is a dilemma. But it's a dilemma. We can wait. Uh, for a little while, just rest. Don't worry, doctor. You know, you know the good thing about these is that it always works out. Uh, I mean, I guess it eventually will lead to the end of the season, uh, where you know, you know, understandably, uh, I'm sure. I mean, I, well, I don't know because I haven't seen the ever seen the end of the season, but uh, so yeah, it's uh, you know, just think about the doctor dancing and waltzing back and forth, waltzing across the room. Waltz and you off to dreamland. Here's some thank yous. Good night.